Hello there, paperweight people. We have a great show for you today, but first I get to take a moment and tell you about Bebop's. Brittany's Brick Oven Pizza is a mom-and-pop pizza shop located at 2034 Lanier Drive in Madison, Indiana, and they happen to be the sponsor of this episode. Stop by today to enjoy a delicious pizza featuring handmade dough and sauces, fresh toppings, all cooked to perfection in a brick oven. Also, try one of Susan's homemade desserts and treat yourself to a local wine or beer. On a personal note, Bebop's is my family's favorite pizza place. I'm partial to the Chicken Bacon Ranch while my wife can't get enough of the Boss Hog Barbecue. Call 812-274-3337 or stop by Bebop's today and tell them that Paperweight sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, your home for all things Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and so much more. Join Derek and Ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery. Grab some snacks and settle in because Paperweight Entertainment starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Hoskins. Once again, the glue, my co-host, my good friend and yours, Mr. Ian Torrance, was not able to join us tonight, but that's all right because we have a very special guest, none other than Mr. Michael Rothman. You may know him as Superhero Talk on TikTok, the vertical video sensation that he is, and also <laughs> the co-founder of Nerd Initiative. Michael, thank you so much for joining me tonight. How are you doing, man? Good, man. I need you to be my hype man from now on. That was good. The vertical <laughs> video sensation. That's great. Yeah, I, I saw that online. I stole it. I don't remember who I stole it from, but I'm I'm taking it for my own now. <clears throat> so yeah, be, so- one, one day I aspire to be the glue. That's that's a that's <laughs> that's the best nickname. Holding, yeah, the, holding it all together. Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, between our two shows, uh, the Silver Screen Scoundrels movie reviews and, and the Paperweight Entertainment podcast. Uh, they have the same co-host, and unfortunately, the glue has been has been slipping over the last couple of weeks and taking some time off. So <laughs> he'll be he'll be back. But uh, but yeah, so thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really do oh, appreciate my it. Um, and I've talked on here a couple of times about Nerd Initiative and the fact that I've been doing doing work with you guys. Um, but for and those, amazing work, by the way. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all facilitated from you and Tony. Um, but for those that that don't know you, um, can you give us a little bit of your background? I'll steal your line. What's your nerd origin story? Oh, wow. Um, I actually don't think it's my line. That's pretty, Sean's line. So oh, it's Sean's been, been, it's like a Kevin Sean. Bacon, like three degrees <laughs> of uh, separation. Um, so, yeah, I wow. Um, mine is pretty much standard for it's weird. The more you do these things and the more you speak to people and the more you create content and get out there which I think is very important for people to put themselves out there. The more you realize everyone has similar stories. Mine, um, I used to think was unique. I know it's not now. Uh, 90s kid, had trouble reading. Um, parents got me into sports cards, comics, things like that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember, uh, man, I, I must have been the worst kid ever because I used to make my parents go home Whatever they were doing, I had to VHS record the new episode of TMNT. Right. Um, oh, that that's that's yeah. I'm gonna hang my head on that one. Um, but yeah, I that I got into. I would go to card shows. It was huge in the comics. Uh, and of course, as we all know, '90s was the peak, and then the valley of of comic book collecting. Um, so, so that was, I got out and then 
I, I want to say I went to college, did all those things. I remember selling so many of books that I wish I hadn't sold, mm -hmm. um, much like Hulk 181 oh, <laughs> in wow. college. For um, I, I've told the story a bunch of times. I sold it for um, I was saving up to buy rims for my car. Yeah, let that sink in for a second. Um, and I think I sold it for a couple. It was it. it yeah, I got robbed. Um, but yeah, got out of it. And then fast forward. I'm pre pretty good on timing right now. Uh, fast forward. I uh, started to work at, in entertainment and was working at ABC News and Morning America and covering entertainment and covering uh, movies and TV and things like that. And having that outlet to you know we talk about de degrees of separation um a company the disney company that also owns marvel took that opportunity to kind of get back into it uh probably around 2013 and the rest is history it was really i mean it was it was pretty fast it's kind of funny to think how fast like i'd been watching the marvel movies i hadn't i still remember doing an interview and this would never happen today. I remember doing an interview with um, just someone and um, them telling me to go see Guardians. I hadn't seen Guardians one yet. And it was oh, like wow. a year. It was like a year later, too. So oh, my like, gosh. <laughs> well, that would never happen now. Right. And so right, it's right. funny. I, 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 I think of that. And I had gone to see Avengers in 2012. I had gone to see Iron Man. I don't even think I saw Iron Man in the theaters. I think I saw Iron Man like when it hit like you know, VHS or, or DVD or whatever. And so getting into that and getting into that world and then going to Comic-Con and then going to all these events and, and meeting all these people. And, uh, it was, it's, it really got me hooked. And then definitely, I want to say two years ago, got back into collecting comics and it's been, <laughs> I laugh at myself because 2021 was, it's, it's, it is, widespread now is the was the worst year to get into collecting comics because of the, the covid spike right and so i'm yeah I'm, I'm right on board with that um and so yeah it was uh and i i love it and so that is my winding <laughs> meandering rambling nerd origin story uh or three in one if if, if you want to put it that so yeah no, it's, it, that's not winding and you're right it I, i've talked to a lot of people as well um, around my age that got into comics or the cartoons. Usually most people my age got into the cartoons first mm. and then, um, you know, got out of it when they got into high school or college and then just kind of found their way back into it. So you're right. It's, it's not as unique as we like to think that it is, mm. um, which is just yeah. funny that we have such similar experiences amongst such a large group of, of people with similar interests that we have really, really similar experiences i think that's the beauty of like when you know you connect with a group of people or friends that one like the same things that you like but also come from the same era i right. think you know i think it's everything's generational right so i think i remember you know little things and i, I you know I, I always it's funny i've gotten content and, and storytelling and i was better at math always like math lights out eyes closed could do it in my head but i remember like you know, back in those days, I remember my dad getting me cards like Ryan Sandberg's rookie card, you know, like baseball player for the Cubs. And like 
words that were hard to read. And I, I don't know where our parents got these ideas from when their kids are struggling. I guess it was like a way to like bring bring them in. I mean, my dad was mm-hmm. a, sport, a huge sports nut, but I remember doing all that and, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon and like all these things, like it helped me. And then comics came along and that was that was really what opened the door to, you know, they knew that was obviously a better avenue um, to kind of learn <laughs> to read and write and storytell. And and so, yeah, that was a blast. And I, I I still remember the first comic I got. It was a I don't remember the exact number. I, I have it written down somewhere, but it was a Fantastic Four book with like I think it was Thing and someone else in the cover. I remember grabbing it in a spinner rack at the drugstore um, for like a couple of bucks. And that was, you know, to my my mom's chagrin, that was that was it. And <laughs> it was bad <laughs> from that point on. I feel like we need to have a uh, like a little key, like a little map key or a legend pop up on the screen, because you've already mentioned two things that I know some of the people based on my analytics that listen to this show or watch the show have no idea what we're talking about. So VHS and VHS recording was cause <laughs> that's what happened before DVR and digital and spinner racks at the drugstore. Those don't exist anymore. No. That's uh which is really sad. I wish that I wish that comics could get back into easily accessible places again, because that's one of the reasons why I never grew up, read them when I grew up because I would have started reading comics much earlier than I ever did. They just weren't accessible. And I know that like some of the big box stores have tried with those bundles of comic books, even the dollar tree, um, for a while had those little bundle bags of comics that you might get something, something decent worth reading, but it, it's so hard to find them now. Remember the pedigree, ba- ba- uh, those little mm-hmm. plastic containers that had like, uh, I think I still have one in a storage unit somewhere. I mean, they're they're again, nineties comics, unless they are incredible condition or unless they're, they're rare, which most aren't, right. aren't worth much, you know? Um, Cause they, I mean, what X-Men one, was over millions right oh yeah and then so many they printed so many and then they had the (laughs) the the speculation boom with all the different uh all the different covers and Uh, man they flooded the market so bad it was such there's there's a great documentary and i'm forgetting the name i don't know if you've seen it and it's um it's cool because it's tied into that it literally Mm -hmm. is that um but it's also this guy who's on the hunt to find his father who he's lost touch with for like decades Oh, wow. And it kind of reminds me of myself because my dad, um, I talk about a, a blast of honesty right here. My dad was a, a gambling addict. So that's how we got into sports. And he's taken me to Vegas as a kid and stuff like that. Wow. Father of the year right there. <laughs> um, and so but he I think that's where he starts to track him down. Like, I remember I, we watched it a couple of years ago and it's a great documentary. And he, but you said speculation. He talks about it there. He's like, we all thought we were going to retire. Mm-hmm. We had all these sets and we bought like one to crack and one to, you know, like whether it was car, you know, I, oh, I mean, now and it's funny, it all comes in cycles too. like the comics, I think, are overdone still. Like I have some mm-hmm. of the the 90s. I still have the one I still have that I will never get rid of and never open up. It's probably destroyed inside is that the Superman 75 with the black bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how that stayed. And it's in, actually in decent shape, which is is surprising because I don't know what happens to a poly bag over 30 years or so. Like, right. and it's it's the one holdover from my childhood that I kept that didn't get thrown out and whatever. But remember the cards in the early 90s and they're worth something now. Um, yeah. Like the, was it Impel was the company or Impel? And it was like 
then you had oh the Joe Jusco Marvel masterpieces. Those are are extremely like popular now. Like mm-hmm. and people are grading them. And there's cards if they get like high grades that go for like seventy or hundred. I mean, it's nuts. Like I remember getting the holograms. And man, I missed those days. It was great. Yeah, it's wild how. And it, it surprises me that the comics don't have that same effect now that the cards do. I guess they just didn't. I guess it's a scarcity thing. Like, I'm sure they didn't print nearly as many of the cards as they did the comics. Because like you said, with X-Men number one, millions of copies. And it's funny you brought up the death of Superman, the black bag. Um, we were going through my father-in-law's house. There was a period of time where my wife and I and her brother and his wife all lived at my father-in-law's house while we were by, like when we did all just gotten married, we were getting ready to buy, you know, find, try and find our own place. And uh, we went over and we were kind of clearing some stuff out. And I was looking through my brother-in-law's room and he had that issue of Superman still in the, in the bag. still. and uh, I remember, I don't remember if it was him or my father-in-law, but they got real excited about it. Like, Oh, how, how much do you think that's worth? I was like, I don't know, 50 cents, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> it's like maybe a buck, bucks. maybe yeah. you get a couple bucks out of it. But everybody that's our age has, has one of these somewhere floating around. Well, here's here's uh, as as a collector and someone who now has collaborated and 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 learned about it. Here's the big downside, and that's why, like for me, it's it's more sentimental value, right? Um, mm-hmm. I was given recently, and I saw it firsthand because I was told before, and so I'll Tarantino this story a little bit. I was given recently at like a, a an event. I think it was a Roy Thomas event, and they gave us. You know, everyone in the room got these like bags of comics, like not mm-hmm. to get signed, but just to kind of like walk away or whatever. And they're all like really inexpensive books. But in there was a couple of issues still sealed of X-Force One. Remember, they had the different cards like Deadpool, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I had been told that this happens with the poly bag. So you can see it in the X-Force One. You can't see it in the Superman 75, but guaranteed it's there after time. The the poly bag puts a, a major crease. Um, and so the I got the two copies and I, I looked and there's literally like the biggest dent in the middle of the book. Really? Uh, from It's from the bag itself. So I, if you were to open, don't open that book. If you were to open it up, right. I guarantee you would see this huge crease down the middle. And so it's funny. I, um, yeah, it's, it's, I didn't realize it would do that. And someone had told me a while, like, if you ever get a poly bag, take it out immediately. Like it is mm-hmm. not meant to kept in there. And and some people did because they were like, oh, it's me worth more. It destroys the book. And it really it does. It's and it's yeah, game over, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned collecting for sentimental. Like that's why I do as well. That's why I'm an out-of-box collector with these with like the toys that I get. I mean, I've got some, I've got a wall you can't see over here of like Superman uh figures that I keep in box because I like the way they look to display them. But I've always been out of box. Because I never, I've never gotten into a hobby, a collecting hobby, and thinking, man, this is going to be the thing that's going to, going to pay yeah. for my retirement someday. Yeah. Just because I've, uh, I've done enough research into it, and I've seen that you're, you're really not going to. I mean, if I find a book at a flea market that I can flip for a little bit, like I found a first issue or first appearance of Gambit. What is that? X Men one eighty one, something like it. One eighty. I don't remember what it is. Yeah. But uh, I found that for fifty cents at a flea market. Somebody had no idea what he had, and I sold it for fifty bucks. You know, I mean, that's it wasn't awesome. it wasn't in great condition, but it's a pretty good that's Still pretty great, good, pretty good flip on a book. If that Channing Tatum Gambit movie would have come out, I would have been able <laughs> able to sell it for so much more than that. But it See, didn't that's work my, out. That's my dream too. Is and by the way, there's there's rumors that it might come back. Like they, the, there's been rumors, but I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. Yeah, you never know. I, I my dream is I've never gone 
I've gone dollar hunting at conventions and now conventions again are we're back to the 90s basically everything right. is so blown up like you're not going to find anything good me it was money me and Tony I think it was awesome con last year we went and there was a box and this guy had spawned one he had like 55 copies in a in a long box oh wow and they were selling for it was a five dollar bin and they all were in good condition and I, I should have probably picked up one or two just to like have but right um I I saw recently and I don't even know how I guess flea markets is one thing yard sales things like that I have never been the type to know how to go about that and I saw on social one of our like is on Instagram one of our mutuals that we all uh comic Tom I think pulled a Spider-Man one oh wow long bot like he and he he posted the photo and he's like my heart dropped as he was going through and again not in great condition but I'm sure the guy might probably know what he has or or woman, but I'm sure he could still get a decent deal on it. And that I can't imagine. I, I would never have that kind of luck where you just pull something and you're like, wait, what? Like, it just doesn't happen to me. Um, yeah, that used to be one of my favorite things to do uh, when I used to work because the, the flea market is in like a strip mall next to like in the same strip mall that our local theater is and that I used to work at. And so I'd get off work at the theater and walk over to Trader Baker's this is the name of the flea market for anybody in the, the area. And they would always be a short box or a long box. And oh. people had no idea what they were selling. I, so I pulled, great. I got all all of the interlocking covers for X-Men 1, which aren't hard, aren't hard to find, but I got them for 25 cents a piece. Yeah. And they were in great condition. You know, I got like almost the entire run of 52, the one that was leading up to, to uh, what was that? Uh, crisis or Infinite Crisis, whichever, whichever one of the crises okay. they yeah. did. Um, but yeah, I found so many books. Over there, I've got a, a whole bunch in my collection that are just awesome. really great, hard to find books that people are selling for 50 cents, a dollar that just wanted to sell it, get rid of it because they had no idea what they had. Uh, and so I always tell well, people, anytime I talk to somebody, I'm like, just don't don't do that. Just like if you find a box of comics or toys or something like that, just at least call me. I can yeah. try and see what you've got and maybe get you at least a few more bucks Yeah, or, or I mean, go online. Just Google. Just do a quick Google search and you'll know what you got. It's funny. I, I will say this, and I could talk about this all day long, but I will say this. As I've gotten more connected to people that have been in the hobby for a while and that know the history, I get you get to kind of see the trees through the, the trees through the forest. Like Ashley Cotter Cairns, who is a, you know, he works for Golden Auctions and he has been buying and selling comics for for decades. And um, I think he started uh sellmycomics.com. He um we were going over like these historic collections. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes to show like when you say, you know, people that don't know what they have, it makes sense either that or some people that just want to get rid of it again, the same way that you're an out of box guy, I, I'm, I'm split. So sometimes I'm not, sometimes I am. And I think um, like with Funkos and toys and stuff like that, like it's, I'm so like split and like, there's, yeah, it's, it's polarizing inside of my head. It's, it's, it's not good, but um he went through a couple of, I think, the Twin City collection and then obviously the, the famous Mile High. The people that do hold on to those things are super unique people, mm -hmm. um, is putting it nicely. Like the Mile High collection, he told me that story and my mouth dropped. And I can't imagine being, who was it that that went? It was, um, so Edgar Church is the one who had the collection. Then he died and his, his kids are the one who like basically for peanuts like sold thousands and thousands and thousands of books including like action one and like a nine uh, you know like insane millions worth and i i but apparently 
he was describing it like the entire office and basement was just covered head to toe in stacks of books, like neatly aligned and stacked and not touched. And like, you have to be a very special person <laughs> or very yeah. wealthy. You know, there's, there's right. people that, you know, are wealthy, but if you are a person and I guess like the twin city ones too, and this is a great, I mean, I, I want to dig into these more. The twin city ones was a bus driver apparently who in like the, Hey, day and i think it's like the 60s i think he's a silver age guy would stop at at all the newsstands and for some particular reason would pick out the best condition books that were on the racks you know spider-man fantastic mm -hmm. whatever and so he was another collection that like again most of them are hoarders like he had like these pristine untouched books from the silver age like and so i i I get it. It's 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 a it's hard to be that middle ground where you're you're trying to be knowledgeable. It's exhausting, you know. Mm -hmm. You're kind of living your life, and you know you you go in and out of phases. I've done it with you know you want to collect this, and then you move on to the next thing, and you're like, all right, let me just get rid of everything so I can buy what I want to buy now. And you regret you usually regret it later on when you think yeah. about it, unless it's you know unless it's a pair of sweet rims for your your car in college. It's you don't regret that for a second. <laughs> I still, uh, I'm going to laugh about the rims for a long time. That was not to laugh at your pain, but that's not what I would have expected you to say that you were kids are that stupid. For. Kids, well, are, I remember, wrong. I remember wanting to get like, I remember I was dating this girl and she asked me like what I wanted for my birthday. I think it was like my 20 or 21 or 20, whatever. And like I had gotten the red, you know, you just, you, you buy dumb things. And I remember I was like, Oh, I'm thinking about getting like a DVD player, like with like a five inch, TV screen in my car and like I didn't do it but like also what like I didn't have kids what, like what is the point like that's the uh, kids are kids are really dumb <laughs> it's just insane yeah, yeah yeah you're not wrong we all do stupid things all right that was a fantastic rabbit trail about collecting I did not expect to go on that was a lot of fun but I, I want to make sure that we actually talk about nerd <laughs> initiative before I forget and we get on to another subject um so for for people who don't know what nerd initiative is um kind of give us give us your your elevator pitch for what the, what it is and then kind of how how you guys came came about to to start up this incredible platform yeah so me and tony who people know as mr marvelite we it's funny i i've been in you know i've been doing content and been in media and you know for 20 years and i've done some really cool things and you know worked at some really great companies and and met really great people um, and when I got out of it uh, to kind of, you know, quote unquote, better my career. And I don't know if it really went that way. Like I, I didn't love I got out of I got I basically left my passion to kind of and I, this is, again, another story as old as time. I left my passion to try to do like the safe growth route of what, you know, what I thought the future would hold for me or whatever. And so um I'm trying to make it a short story, but it, it, it'll, 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 I'll do my best. <laughs> Basically, you know, for a year or two, I really was in kind of a sad place, missing all the cool things I got to do and cover and, you know, comics and movies and interviews and, and all of that. And when I got on TikTok, um, I, it was kind of my creative outlet. Um, you know, for, for those who don't know, and most people don't, like my day job currently is I basically, help run communications and content for, for a bank. So you can imagine it's, it's not the most, you know, glamorous um, or exciting job 
uh, get to do some, to tell some cool stories and do some cool, you know, uh, interviews and content and, and help people out. Um, but I definitely missed all the stuff that I love so much. And so TikTok was that outlet for me. And I, I, I noticed pretty immediately because I had been somewhat off social for a while. I, you know, I'm a, I think creatives have a lot of traits in common. Um, I think we're sensitive. Uh, it just naturally, I think, is is a correlation. Um, and I think there's other things as well that that correlate to being, you know, a creative, quote unquote. And so I got wrapped up in, you know, the toxicity of the platform, not not myself personally, but I'm the kind of guy who will like when I get trolled on my my posts or whatever, I'll always respond. Either I'll joke right. I, and I and I go back and forth. Right. It's the it's the I, it's a good thing I'm wearing this hoodie with like two colors. It's the, it's the devil and the angel. Like sometimes I'll joke around and 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 make, you know, sarcastic, you know, quick witted puns. Sometimes I'll, I'll I'll be honest with people. You know, if someone calls me a dirty name or or says something nasty or whatever, I always be like, why? Like, what's the point? You know, mm-hmm. and um, I, I know Tony does the same thing. And he, uh, you know, we both, I think all in all, what it is, is you know, you're sensitive, but I think you also care about people and want mm-hmm. to connect and collaborate with people. I think that's a really good way of saying what creatives are. And so we started talking kind of through like DMs and, and whatnot, and just kind of like, you know, conversing and, and saying like, what, what could we do and what could, what could be the future and what could we come up with? And I, I'll never forget it. I was in California for the weekend and walking around with my wife and I, it just like popped into my head. And I was like, what if we all united and create a platform that one is like non-toxic and, and mostly about collaborating, but also pooling our resources, you know? And I think that something that I had experienced being at ABC of, you know, it wasn't about, I knew I'm smart enough to know it wasn't about me. I wasn't getting invited to Star Wars Celebration or going to red carpets or going and doing this or going interviewing people because, oh, because of Mike Rothman, right? Like it wasn't my, my charming smile that was like, oh, you're going to get to interview Hugh Jackman at Logan or whatever. It was because of the, the brand. And so I, you know, immediately started thinking about, okay, what can we do? Coming up with a name, who can we invite? And, and we both kind of ran with it and, it's it was kind of amazing. I think early on, and this is probably May 2022. So we we just hit our year. And so I think we I remember thinking like, oh, we'll have like five or ten people. And you know, if we can just do one or two stories a week and we could, you know, get on some platforms. Um, and then suddenly we had like 20 and 30 people, and people were like sharing their stories of of always wanting a community like this and you know, that's kind of what keeps us going. And I think that's really essentially what this is all about. You know, it's really, I always call it a sandbox for people to play and experiment and, and lean into whatever they, they like and whatever they're into, because, you know, there's no right or wrong. And, you know, unless you're into (laughs) something really bad, but you know, whatever your fandom is, um, I, I think it's, you know, and so, it's all about bringing people together and having people to collaborate. And it's been, you know, it's been an incredible year. Um, there's a lot of great things to come. Our website's going through an entire, you know, 3.0 refresh with like an actual developer now, which is we kind of coddled it together ourselves before, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we have shows on YouTube and all these different series. You have, you have, you know, a couple of great things, you know, hall of armor. And so it, it's kind of amazing, <clears throat> to kind of see and surreal to see like the logo on different 
videos and and things like that. And, you know, we're in a growth place right now. So it's, it's, you know, we're getting there, but it's, it's cool. Um, and I think, look, I I'll, I'll sum it up with this <clears throat> and only because I think it's, it happened today. It's fresh in my mind. And it's one of the, it really like hits home and makes me happier than anything I could ever do for myself. Um, so Nelly, who's Arkham Knight on um, TikTok, who's an incredibly talented cosplayer, like insane, like artist and cosplayer and like just in like the stuff he comes up with. And it's just next level, like his ability to to do these things. And he's literally on the New York Comic Con website. Um, mm-hmm. He's dressed as Thor. It, it is a stunning, striking image on their website. Like when you see it, you're like, everyone remembers it and they're like, Oh yeah, I know that guy. Um, and so he had gotten denied for a crater pass for this upcoming convention in October. And uh, a lot of people got denied. I think their threshold is higher than, than previous conventions. And so on a whim, we had talked to him for our show a week and a half ago. And so on a whim, I just emailed them. We had worked with read pop for C2E2. And so I emailed them and I was like, Hey, I knew it wasn't on purpose. I think, they have it's staffing and, you know, you don't know everyone and you don't know who's on your site. You're just picking photos from your convention. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I, the subject was like a talented cosplayer. I'd like you to reconsider for a badge. And I just said, hey, this I, I promise you this has this does nothing for me. <laughs> I, I do not benefit. I'm not his agent, but he's on your site. He's great. I I'd like you to con- reconsider. You know, if not, no pressure. I don't want to burn a bridge or whatever. Um Got an email back a week later being like, oh, we're, we're forwarding up to people. We're looking into it. Uh, and then he posted today in all caps was like, I got approved and I'm going. And that was the coolest. I think that sums up like if this is what that can be for different people uh, and and making things happen for people, then I'm happy. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll figure out what it can be like company wise, but it really is about connecting people and helping people and, and bringing them together and, and, and doing things like that. Um, and that's always the goal in my opinion. So. Yeah. And uh, that was awesome. I, I saw that post today when he got, he, he I, I was so excited for him that he, that they reconsidered. Yeah. That's, that's so cool that they did because like you said, like uh, so many of us applied uh, for, for New York and, and got tonight, which, you know, that's fine. It's not a big deal. But like you said, I mean, he was on their website. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. And he's so talented, like ridiculous. Like you said, the an absolute artist. Um, but from from my point of view, I just want to say that everything that you said you want Nerd Initiative to be is exactly what it has been. It's an incredible community uh, full of some of the most genuinely generous people I've ever met. And it's uh, it, it's a phenomenal thing that you guys are building. And and I, I just I, I can't believe it took so long for this to be something in the space that has needed to be there for so long. Because like you said, you know, I got pulled into that toxicity in TikTok when I first got on there as well, because it's so easy to do because yeah. social media's algorithms pump out the negative the negative voices. That's the ones that get the most the most engagement, the most return on investment. And so that's what you see the most of. So it's been really amazing to meet such a, a talented, dedicated, passionate group of people all in mm-hmm. one place. 
and that don't want to get into that that just want to talk about the things that they love and i think it's amazing and i think you guys are doing great and i'm i'm excited every time that i get a chance to do anything with you well th- hey thank you one and thank you for being you too because like i said you're a major part of that and you are literally the archetype of the person that we you know i would like to duplicate and make 100 of you if possible like just positive talented and just you know like you know fits all the bills like deserves everything that comes your way like you are just an amazing human being and i i think like it's funny when i think about like um i just feel like i have to couch myself too by being like i promise to be succinct here and, and short um i i when i think about like the cycle and i've gone down you know we talk about the rabbit hole of toxicity like i I always go and do, I'm a reporter by trade. So I always go and do when someone says something silly or stupid, you know, especially over like also, also how ridiculous is it like over, I remember my coverage for No Way Home probably had most, I mean, it also did very well because it was a huge movie, but like I got more trolling and comments from that. Like you're going to, I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, why, why are people are going to attack people for making a video about doc? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's crazy, you know? And so I usually go down the rabbit hole of like looking at who these people are. Right. So when someone says something and, and, you know, calls you an idiot or stupid or, and there's other, you know, curse words too, that I won't say, but like, I usually click on there and, and I started to see it again, the pattern, um, you know, you see a lot of people and I think we're all again, the creatives, right? So sensitive, want to collaborate and find the community that like, that they feel comfortable with. And they also, uh, I think all searching for something, you know, no matter where you are. I mean, if someone asked me, I think I was interviewed by someone I forgot. And they asked me, you know, when is enough enough as far as accomplishments? And I was like, it's never going to, if you're a true creative, you always want to connect with, unless you're just too tired and too old and (laughs) just can't do it (laughs) physically anymore, but you always want to like, there's the passion never goes away. And so, you see a lot of people who tried to put stuff out there and it didn't succeed. And so it's the cycle. It's almost, I think I'm doing like the Darth Vader journey right now. That's, (laughs) that is the archetype of the quintessential troll. Um, And, and that's why I say, I say it like, I don't even like saying the word troll because I feel like these are people. And I think there is, and, and Tony has said it and I've said it like more times than not. It's weird. You will turn a person. Like mm-hmm. to the light side. Uh, no, but I, I, you know, there was one guy I remember like had some extremely nasty comments about and and none of our stuff is controversial. You know, we all c- cover, you know, Iron Man and Spider-Man and comics. And like there's, you know, it, you really have to be like in a, in a headspace to comment something negative on someone who's just putting stuff out there mm-hmm. um, that they love and that they're excited about and telling information. So this one guy really nasty. And I clicked on his page and I, I immediately the bio, he was like, first of all, he had in his bio that he was a motivational speaker and life. Oh, coach. wow. And I saw him doing a bunch of videos and you saw him. He, he's like a decent looking guy. He's in good shape and he's, he's searching for validation. Like, he did food, food uh, videos first. He was like doing reviews and then he did like, you know, flexing and showing, you know, that. And then he was doing like, hey, don't give up, like all these things. And you could see like he wasn't getting the views of the validation he wanted. And so I can easily see that that is the path where 
suddenly he becomes like, oh, I hate everyone. And he, be- mm-hmm. he turns to that. And I think we've seen it like, you know, it disenfranchised, I guess, is the best word. And so and it happens in all walks of life. You know, it, we won't go into to like politics and people and different, gen- you know, different demographics like it's ha- it, it, it's you know, it's it's a microcosm of everything. But on social media, I, I there's my point is this something's got to stop that and break that mm-hmm. cycle and be like, Hey, we don't, it doesn't matter how many followers you have or what you do. Like don't your, your dream. My dream is never to get a certain level of prestige or following or this or that, or, or whatever. I, I, the biggest high is like I said, like what happened with Nelly or you put out a video and you know, I think there was a video I, I edited on like, uh cap cut and someone was like beautiful editing by the way and i was like thanks man like that is like <laughs> the highest to get something like that that's great like don't expect it but it just you just want kind of like validation for the hard work you're doing and you want to connect with people and that's really it and i think it's um it's sad and it would be nice to to kind of break that cycle and help people and hopefully we can get somewhere to that realm and 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 keep doing that and if and in the meantime continue to to bring all of us together and and make us stronger together um and more united and and really helping each other out um and what we like to do and you know all of that <laughs> i'm laughing because I, I i say one second and then it's like 10 minutes later i'm still no laughing. no no that was that was very well said and it was very short and sweet well done I was going to tell you, congratulations. You did you did exactly <laughs> what you said you were going to do. And it was. It's it's very well said. It's true. Um, you know, I, I keep saying, oh, we'll move on to something else. And then you, you say something and I just have to respond. Uh, I have noticed, I don't get nearly, you know, the, the following that I have is not very big. So I don't get trolled very often to use that term. But there have been some times where there have been some people that have just come on with with nothing good to say. And I've always wondered why why would you take your time mm. to to do that? And then I'll, I'll do the same thing that you do. I'll click on their profile. I want to see what they are. Oh, they're a private account. They follow a whole bunch of people. They don't have that many people. They haven't posted anything. And like, I just did one. Um, I finally put up another video for the first time in like a month uh, about Superman and why he's important. And somebody, I got a bunch of comments. People were really enjoying it and saying they agreed with me. A couple of people didn't. And then I have one guy that just said Superman's lame. And it was everything in me not to just get into that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I bet you're a lot of fun at parties. I had it typed out. I bet you're a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> and I deleted it. I was like, no, no, no. Because I had to I had to I was talking to my wife about this. I had to make a point that I'm I don't engage with people on social media because I get angry and it's just giving them the validation they're looking for. So yeah. what's the point? But yeah, I do do that. I'll, I will click on the profile picture of every single person that leaves some nasty comment because I just, I have some weird morbid sense of, well, I want to know what's going on with this person. Why are they so angry? Why are they mad at Superman? Superman didn't do anything to you. I think it shows you care. You know, it shows, I think the more it shows you, you care about people. I, I, you know, I think that's really, you want to find out like where this is coming from. Right. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're also again, storytellers. So we, we know movies, we know plots, we know, you know, you know, we, and again, I was, it's, I joke, it's funny that I paralleled. It's like the Darth Vader, you know, like, he wanted to do good and he just got some bad breaks and, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, and he went, he went the route he went. Um, and so I, I think that's really it. And I think it's to your point, I think that you nailed it on the head. It takes more time to stop and say something instead of just scrolling. Like I right. will never ever comment. I don't think I've ever, 
I can't ever imagine, even if something like, look, if something is, I don't even want to wade into stuff if it's like racist and stuff, mm-hmm. which that is obviously a different tone, right? Like someone who's just enjoying something. And there was one recently, and then we can definitely get a new topic, but there was one recently, I don't know if he went viral and it, it was beautiful. Um, it was the last, because of the flash finale just happened. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you think about the show, because I, I watched the show, the first couple of seasons were great. The first season is excellent. And then mm-hmm. it got, it went off the rails and, and he's, he's bought, this guy is bawling, crying. He is talking about how it's been such a safety blanket for him knowing there's a new episode. And he's like, I'm just going to miss the show and the people involved. And, you know, Grant Gustin is a great ambassador. I I've said that a million times. Like he is an amazing ambassador for the fandom and the fans. And he, he ca- clearly cares. Um, and I just thought it was beautiful that he cared that much, but it reminded me of you probably being an end game in the theater, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. We should all be so lucky to have something that touches us like that, you know, like a hundred percent. And, but what really hurt me was in the middle of his video, he's like, oh, you guys can make fun of me if you want that. I'm crying. Like, just go ahead. And I was like, that didn't come from him. That came from probably the trolling and his, his the baggage he's got. And he mm-hmm. knows people are going to start attacking him. And I was like, whoever stops and attacks someone for voicing their love for something, just stop. Like, and so I think, you know, I think it takes a lot, but I think to stop and put something negative out there instead of just scrolling on. And I think you have to be really mad at the world or mad mm-hmm. at something. And I, I think that goes to the fabric and the foundation of what, what, like, I mean, look, I'm not, again, I, I know your self-worth, right? Like I'm not like Bill and Ted and we're going to fix the world and like be excellent to each other and stuff. But I, I just think it's something as a society we need to figure out, you know, with social media being new and now we have AI and all these things, we got to figure out how to like tackle that, to help people mentally and help people, you know, figure this out. Because again, I do feel, I feel bad if that guy gets attacked, but I also feel bad for the guy who's attacking him because there's something Mm -hmm. clearly off with them and in their life. And it's, it's not, it's sad, you know? And so that's why I always check to see like, what is going on with this person? Like, and sometimes you, you'll find like, there was one guy one time that I couldn't really understand. And I went to his page um, and then I'll stop. I promise. Uh, I went to his page and I found out he a hundred percent was struggling with something mentally. Like there was something off and I didn't even respond. I I just knew like you could tell by the videos and and, and I was like, this is someone who, who really needs help. And I I really hope someone was able to give him help and and whatnot. So I, I, it's, crazy wacky world we have out there especially on social media and, and these platforms so yeah yeah it is and i'm going to uh, i'm gonna have to disagree with you on one point that you made i hate to do it i hate to disagree with you on anything because I, I, I enjoy i enjoy you being here so much um you you absolutely are making the world a better place this is i'm not joking i'm i'm not going to gush because you know i can <laughs> gush but the impact that you've had, and I know that you guys don't like to take credit for it, you and Tony, especially because you're very humble people, but the impact you've had on the creators that are part of Nerd Initiative is something that can never be truly articulated. Mm. The, 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 the community that you guys have made and that you have put together is something that is resounding 
throughout starting on TikTok. It's getting there on YouTube. It's getting there on Twitter. And it really is. I've had people ask me, people that aren't a part of Nerd Initiative, where I've just been in a live somewhere, just kind of commenting on somebody's live. And they're like, oh, paperweight, you're on, you're part of Nerd Initiative, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. That's and, awesome. and, and that's, oh, that's awesome. so cool. It seems like such an awesome thing. I, I think that's such a great thing that they're doing. So it is absolutely having a reverberating effect that you guys may not be seeing yet. But don't ever think that you're not changing things for the better. You really are. It's it's a phenomenal thing that you're doing. And that again, I'll I'll say over and over again, I'm happy to be the smallest part of you know, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I'll disagree with that one. Large part. Um, also, last thing I'll add on there. And one, thank you beyond because that one, you're making me all red. And two, I appreciate it. Um, uh, the other thing I will add red and in, in emotional, not red and mad. <laughs> the other thing I'll add is also another trait to the creatives. Always self-deprecating. So there's 100%. another one. Always self-deprecating. Constantly. Self Constantly. Always. And so that's, yeah, I think uh, also I think it's a generational thing. Um, yeah. as well. So I'm always going to be that guy who's never going to, you know, overstep his value or whatever, but I, I beyond appreciate it. Cause it, 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 keep, it definitely, I will say it keeps, it keeps us going. It keeps me going, um, you know, over here, I was probably went the wrong way. Like that at, you know, that gift at C2E2. And for those can't tell, like Sammy, uh, you know, one of our, our, our members and also like an amazing artist. Um, you guys surprised us, you know, me and Tony with that. Like I, I was like speechless and that kind of stuff keeps me going and keeps us going because like anything else, it's nothing's ever, you know, a, a yellow brick road. It's, it's up and down and, and there's, there's definitely hurdles and stuff. So I beyond appreciate it. It means more than, you know, it means a lot. Well, good. I'm glad that I can make you appreciative for the thing you're already doing so well. Um, all right, let's move on. I, one last thing I wanted to ask you about, and this actually can be quick, and then I will let you go. Um, there's a huge June coming. We got a huge month in movies. Um, and I'm just curious, what are you most excited to see? And what do you think is going to win the box office among these massive movies that are about to come out? Ah, oh, it's so easy. Um I mean, across the Spider-Verse right. is going to, I think, and look, it's not because like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it for sure. Cause I also think I have some assumptions. I want to put it out here cause I haven't done it yet. Like too, I think I know how we're going to see miles in the MCU. Okay. So that I think, so if you look, I being that I used to cover star Wars, like I had a star Wars show at ABC. I worked at, you know, Charles Sewell and, and, um, all these amazing people covering, you know, the comics and the movies. And I was a huge star Wars fan. Um, still am of course. Um, and so if you know, star Wars, you know, that the titles have like multiple meanings and layers and, and things like that. And I know that Feige and other people are students of that history and, and, and whatnot. And again, this is putting it out there. And, and again, I don't, I'm not like Tony where I'm that confident it's going to be like dead on, but I think it's going to be in this ballpark, you know, uh, for those who don't know, like obviously return of the Jedi really, you know, it could be Luke. It could, it could be, it could be Anakin. Like there's always like a lot of meaning behind these titles. I just realized I was sitting there thinking about it. So we had into the spider verse then we had across the spider verse. What's next. It's either out of the spider verse or beyond mm -hmm. the spider verse or something like that. And so there's been rumors that 
Tom Holland is going to make a cameo, obviously a voice actor, because this is an animated movie, mm -hmm. uh, which is also, by the way, I'm excited about it. But why I think it's going to dominate is because it's an animated movie. Like, of course, like it's got the appeal, kids, adults. It, it just hits all the boxes. And with the first one winning an Oscar and it, it just socially, um, it, it just it, it hits everything. and it, It's going to destroy the box office, I think, because. It is an experience and anyone from any age group can enjoy it. You know, the, the final line of into is, you know, you, anyone could be Spider-Man. You could wear the mask. It, it, it's, it's, it's just great. So that, that's the reasoning behind why it'll dominate. It just, it checks all the boxes, right? There's mm -hmm. no concerns, you know, you know, whatever. Um, but when I think of that, if Holland makes an appearance, I have one or two scenarios that I think could be plausible where if Holland makes a voiceover appearance, there could be a post-credit scene where something happens. And I know no one's cast yet, right? We don't have a Miles, a live action Miles, but I could see a post-credit scene where we didn't know about it. And you see Tom in the flesh and then there's a Miles, but you only see the back of his head and it cuts to black which would be amazing. And then it like, he will return. And then like the next movie is out of the spider verse where it's like the live action miles Morales movie, which would be amazing. Or it just happens as a cameo. And the next one somehow segues into that. So there's no post credit scene. There's no like tease or whatever. And it just goes into that. So that's what I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks, because I've been like, I just thought like into across, like it's just progressing. And mm -hmm. so I feel like something's going to happen and we know miles is coming eventually. He's got, oh, he's yeah. got to come. So that's my one thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited about that movie. I think it's going to be, it's just also like we watched it recently again. Um, the, into the first one into the spider verse, it's just a fun, really well done movie. And so, yeah. I, I think across the Spider-Verse will be as good. I think there's a lot of, from what I've seen with the trailers there, it seems to be parallel and very similar to the storyline in no way home in the sense that miles is almost, I feel like Miguel O'Hara is almost playing the Dr. Strange character where he's I mean, from what I've seen again, like there's a clip recently where all he say, he, he six all the, uh, the various Spider-Man to mm -hmm. catch Miles, because I think Miles wants to save someone or, or change something, right? And so there's that, you know, Peter Parker hope in him. And so um, it's just a great storyline. I'm excited to see it. And I think it's something that, like, you know, you can always enjoy. I'm going to see it a couple of times. It'll be great. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I, I don't see any way. The only one I think that has a, a possibility of coming close is Flash just because of the positive reception to it mm -hmm. so far. But I think unfortunately the stigma with e yeah. Ezra Miller is going to hurt that movie a little more than people are thinking it's going to, um, which, you know, parents, is... I think parents are going to have a problem with that. I right. think I, I love to get your, what do you think about it? Because again, I don't want to, I've said in the past what, where I feel like I it, look, it, it's such a shame because I've heard such great things about it mm -hmm. and it, it, you know, I want to see it. The fan of me wants to see it. And I, I really, really liked Ezra Miller as an actor. And when I say actor, I mean the actor in the right. the they sense, right? Because uh, um, Ezra Miller is a they. So I, I, I think 
Ezra Miller has been a great actor for a long time, but the accusations are, I'm just so conflicted to where I don't think I can support it and go it, see it in the theater and go see the movie, even though I hurt and look, Michael Keaton is Batman. I know. Oh, it, oh man. Um, and so I want to so bad, but I don't want to be a hypocrite and thinking about all the I've seen the videos. I've seen things that he that they have done in the past mm -hmm. and the rumors and stuff. And I don't want to put it on. I, you know, you want people to get again, come back to get help. I, I hope Ezra Miller gets the help that they, they need or whatever it is. Um, but you also want accountability. And I think right. that I'm, I'm so torn because it, it's yeah. And I think that's that I, I can imagine where, where James Gunn's at. I'm sure he mm -hmm. is completely torn because I again, I, I've heard it is an absolutely fantastic film, fantastic film. Um, and they haven't even shown the screening that just happened. There's the reviews are the, the you know, the social reviews are starting to come out. And I don't know if there's an embargo or not or, or whatnot. I mean, it comes out what next week, right? Um, uh, a couple of weeks. I think it's Spider-Verse is next week. And then I think it's on the 16th, maybe. Okay. So I think we got about three weeks still. I the reviews that I've seen have all said that they didn't even play the post credit scenes or the mid like they, it was mm -hmm. also, I think the CGI wasn't fully done. I've seen from a few people that, that yeah. said that, and they said that in the theater when they, 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 they announced that and said, you know, just know that this is not a fully finished. We still have some work to do on the back end and whatever. So they know that's going to be fixed and, and, and cleaned up and whatnot. So, um, I, yeah, yeah it's as far as the flash goes. So I've got a couple of reasons why I'm going to go see it um, from the strictly from a filmmaking standpoint. Like, I don't begrudge anybody the the choice and I don't I don't think poorly on anybody. If you don't want to go see it because you just can't support Ezra, I completely understand if you want to go see it because, you know, you you don't mind. I, I have a little bit of a qualms with your way of thinking of not having any problems with it but i you know whatever teach their own um with everything that happened with ezra miller most of this movie was already done mm, before yeah. a lot of that stuff happened yeah because this movie got pushed so many times through uh, covid and a lot of the other things they rewrote some things but anyway also because there are so many people that worked on it that had nothing to do with it i know that a lot of them already made their money but there are some that had nothing to do with that that are going to be relying on those back end points yeah, from it yeah. doing well in the box office. And so, again, it's it's a hard choice. But the other reason why I don't mind going to see it is because I don't have to financially support the movie when I go see it because I don't pay for tickets. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so if I was going, I, I think I would think about it in a much different way if I was actually going and financially supporting the movie. But at the same time, so I'm able to look at it from a little bit more of an outside point of view of, all right, I'm not actually supporting this actor. I'm just going to see you know, just going to experience the movie. So I'm able to, I'm able to divorce myself from that a little bit, but at the same time, enough of my thoughts go into, it's not just one person that makes the movie. So I can kind mm. of separate that out. But again, I completely, if, if somebody can't separate that, I, it's completely understandable because the things that they are accused of are pretty unforgivable things. And, yeah. and again, like what you said, I think it's absolutely something that, 
that they can come back from they can get the help that they need and and have a have a recovery and and move on with their career i don't think that they should be canceled out forever but like you said there has to be accountability there has to be consequences to our actions because otherwise there's no need to change just keep going like that which i think is why and i i I, we got to stop but i think is why (laughs) um why they progress as far as it did because there was no accountability from that first incident that happened outside that's the, the bar. issue yeah there was no accountability held and then they just got worse and worse and worse to the point where we actually said on this podcast i'm concerned that somebody's going to get seriously hurt or worse if this continues because it kept escalating for a while well that's so. what happened with shia labeouf too like look mm-hmm. shia labeouf for all intents and purposes and people have talked about him um, I, I guess I, I say was because he's really not around anymore. It was a he was a phenomenally young, talented actor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I early days in, in that movie Holes and, you know, then obviously Transformers, you know, blew up and, and even, you know, even Stevens, I think, and all these other mm-hmm. like he was a really talented young actor had clearly had issues. Right. Like and the same thing he's been accused. And I, I it, it, people should check out too, um John Bernthal. Huge fan of John Burfall. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I, I love his style. I love his demeanor. And he's no nonsense. He interviewed him recently. He's got a, a successful podcast, um, Real Ones. And he talked about it. And he said, like, Burnthal as a father, you know, Shia LaBeouf is accused of domestic assault uh, amongst mm-hmm. the litany of other things that he's done. Like, right. multiple domestic assaults, like almost to the level of like a Chris Brown, right? Like, he's done it a couple of times. Um and he said, you know, like he literally and and good for him for keeping his composure. He, you know, they're they're close. They worked on a movie together. And he said, he's like, look, you know, you're like a brother to me. But like, how do you feel? like as a father? You need to be held accountable for what you've done. And like, it's a really interesting conversation, you know, um, and, and Shia is very much um, what's the word I'm looking for? He He is contrite about it. And I, you know, again, I, he probably has problems that he has to continuously work on. You know, again, we all have issues that we have to deal with. And so I, that's what you want to see is account- I think we're a country that you want to see accountability. Um, I think we're getting out of that more and more. And I think that's what scares me. Right. Like I've covered. And again, look to what you said, too, you're and then we will stop. But I, I, I'll wrap this up. But to what you said, you're in a unique spot. I am, too. I. I lost a relationship. I remember amidst the the Harvey, I had to cover this stuff for, for years. I covered the Harvey Weinstein stuff and it put me in such a dark place. Um, I didn't do anything, but like it, it just changed that couple, that couple months to a year of my life of covering and hearing these stories and having to see like the underbelly of Hollywood and society and like being, you know, I, I was raised by a single mother and I, I, I guess I was, kept from a lot of this. Like I never really experienced that. It, it, it really affected me for a while. Like it's just, it's tough. Um, and so I have a different perspective where again, like, you know, I covered Kevin Spacey and I covered Harvey Weinstein and, and, and I, I, I just, I, my question, I guess, is just to the studio and stuff. And I, I think that they're just stuck in a place where, like you said, it was filmed. It's such a good movie they didn't really do anything like that's exactly what it was. They didn't say anything. They didn't do anything. They kind of just let it go. And I think that I don't blame. I mean, Ezra is in a certain perspective of their own, but I don't blame the movie or what I blame the the, the studio for like mm-hmm. something should have happened. Like this is, and it, again, people look up to this and people think it's okay. And it's the old man in me now saying, but 
you're setting the tone and you have to set an example be like, this is not okay. And we have to figure this out. Um, and so, I mean, and again, this isn't possible, but I covered when I think it was Christopher Plummer um, had to replace Kevin Spacey in that movie with Mark Wahlberg mm -hmm. and uh, I forgot that I've seen it. It's not a great movie, but like they had to reshoot his scenes and stuff. And again, you can't do that for the flash because it's such a, dominating movie but right. something had to happen right and nothing did and so we you brought up the bar thing i've seen the video I mean, it's just it's crazy and so yeah that's where i'm torn the, but i agree with you at the same time and the one last thing i will say and i want to be sure but this is super important to get out there because you hit it on the head as well i want to make it clear no one is right or wrong um and I'm, this is where i get very passionate about if you go to the movie and you're a fan you want to go see it Please know I support that. You support that. Like that's a bit, again, that's the whole nerd initiative, you know, mantra. Like if you, no one should attack you or give you any grief or anything. I'm talking me personally and that's it. And I really want to put that out there. It's very important because no one should judge you if you want to go see art. And that's what it is. Movies and TV are art and you want to go see it. And, you know, people should be able to go um and go see it and if they really and if they they're going to enjoy it and they're going to have a great time and no one ever should knock them just like no one should knock someone who who likes she hulk or knock someone who likes you know obi-wan or whatever it is mm -hmm. there can be constructive conversations but um you know just know that like people that want to go it's it's really important to sit out there i don't want to be that person who even passively makes people feel bad if they want to go. They should go enjoy it if that's what they want to do. And that that's their right a hundred percent. And they and no one should knock them for that whatsoever. Perfectly said. I agree with everything you just said. All right, for real this time. Let's uh let, let's wrap this up and get out of here. Thank you, everyone who is who has stuck in with this. This has been a phenomenal conversation. I hope that uh, I hope you guys didn't bow out. This has been a blast. Uh, Michael, before we leave, uh, you want to plug where people can find you and where people can find Nerd Initiative? Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, so on TikTok, it's at Superhero Talk. Um, but, you know, obviously for me, the Nerd, nerd Initiative is the big thing. So obviously we're, we're nerdinitiative.com. Um, if you want to check out all of you know Derek's amazing stuff. So you have the YouTube channel Nerd Dot. I think it's is it Nerd Dot Initiative on yeah. I think on YouTube, I, there's so many good videos from from the team, not me, but from the team, and then the website. So much good content there as well. And so yeah, the any anywhere Nerd Initiative is is there. Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube. Um, you know, check us out and check out the amazing creators that are behind that because that gives me the most joy of all. Thank you again so much for listening. Michael, thank you for being here. Um, hopefully we can do this again sometime. This has been an absolute blast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening. Uh, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, ring the notification bell, share this video with your friends. If you're listening on the audio version of the podcast, thank you for being on the original version of this show. Don't forget to rate and review us. It helps us out on the algorithm. Uh, follow us on all of our social media. Uh, don't forget to check out our merch store. Help us out. And once again, want to thank the sponsor of this episode, Bebop's Brittany's Brick Oven Pizza. If you're in the Southern Indiana area, go and check them out. It is delicious. So thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for awesome. watching. Michael, thank you for being here. For thank Michael, you. I have been Derek. This has been the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, and we will see you next time. Yay! <laughs>